you this morning. We, um, we do have children. Um, they're not with us today. They're with grandparents. Um, I just want to still say their names as you think about our family. Um, that is Soleil on my right. Um, she's 19. She's actually been with YWAM this year in Thailand and in France, and we're praying about what God's next steps are for her. And we have a son. He's Salem. He's 16 with all the um, Yoda stuff on his t-shirt. <laughs> and then Selah there is 13, and she's our youngest daughter. So we're a family on mission, and the name of our missions organization is called Bon Mission, um, a play on words. First of all, B, Babcock, on mission, and then Bon. Anybody know what Bon means in French? Good, good mission, right? And we believe God has a good mission, not just for us, but for you. So I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to challenge you a little bit this morning. I might, as we say in, in education circles, kick your chair a little bit and challenge you in a loving way to be on a good mission wherever God has you, whether that's Tanzania or Grants Pass or all the surrounding areas. I believe that God has a mission for us. And that's perfect and, and beautiful just for you. Well, I want to share with you a bit today um, some stories of what God is doing in our little part of the world in East Africa, in Tanzania. And I start with telling you about Tanzania because I assume that many of us might not know about Tanzania. Before we moved to Tanzania, we didn't really know a whole lot about, about Tanzania. Now, we've been in Tanzania four years, and these are some things we've learned about Tanzania. But here's just kind of a starter. Geographically, if you can see that map, Tanzania is the country in red. It's just south of Kenya and Uganda. I know there's a Uganda connection here, all right? And it's north of Mozambique, all right? And... Uh, it's in East Africa. It's right on, we actually live right on the ocean. But Tanzania, if you typically say that, people around the world might think of three things when you say Tanzania. Number one, the top there, that's a mountain. It's the tallest freestanding mountain in Tanzania. Uh, and Kenya fights for it as well. Uh, but it's called, anybody know the name of that mountain? Kilimanjaro, yes. Kilimanjaro, it's about 19,000 plus or minus feet. I wouldn't know because I haven't summited it, but my wife and oldest daughter did last year. Let's give them a hand. They're at a whole other level. Um, but when you think about Tanzania, some people think about Mount Kilimanjaro, or they think about animals. Um, we have some of the best and biggest uh, safari wildlife parks in the world. Four hours from us is one of the best. Um, you can see all the big five animals in Tanzania. Serengeti is there. So when people think about Tanzania, sometimes they just think about that, which is fine. Uh, second thing that Tanzania is known for is an island. An island. Anybody know, might know the name of this island? It starts with a Z. Not Madagascar. Zanzibar. Zanzibar is this pristine, beautiful island that's part of Tanzania. Um, the water is so clear. <laughs> and some people, they just go to Tanzania just to be uh, on Zanzibar. So that's the second thing many people think about when they think about Tanzania. The third thing is this group of people on the bottom there, the Maasai. They're National Geographic all the time. They're on TV all the time because they're known for the jumping, right? Yeah. And I'm going to explain what this is in a minute. Uh, the jumping and their cow culture, everything that they do, their currency is cows. In fact, if a, a, a Maasai man is going to marry a Maasai woman, you have to figure out, the dad of the, the female figures out how many cows she's worth. So husbands, think about how many cows your wives are worth right now. Don't share that with anybody. Though. So those are, some, those, are some, <laughs> those are some simple things we might think about, about Tanzania. But, you know, these are pictures, but I also want to give some numbers. And, and you might get bored with numbers, but numbers to me represent people, and people matter to God. So let me explain and go through some of these numbers for you. Uh, the population in Tanzania is 67 million. It's one of the fastest-going African countries in the world, all right? And this is interesting. 
63% of the population is under the age of 24. It's an extremely young country. Now, part of that is the mortality rate on average is 59 to 60 years old. Long life is not an attribute, unfortunately, we see in Tanzania. Five is the number, the average family size in Tanzania is five, so we fit well because we're five of us. Um, so that's in pounds, but I'll translate that because we were at a church in, in London last week before here, but I'll translate that. So about 100 US dollars is the average monthly wage. If you have a job, and unemployment right now in Tanzania is 70%, not employment 70%, unemployment is 70%. So if you have a job, and you might get four US dollars per day. On average, if you have a job, maybe 100 US dollars. And some of us might think, well, isn't that a lot? Doesn't our money go really far? Let me explain to you how that works. One stick of beef that you buy in the street is about one US dollar. If all you're getting is four US dollars a day at max, how can you make a living? You still have to pay rent. You have to pay for water. Usually that you have to go bring from the well, but you have to pay someone to use their well. Electricity, gas, all of these things. You can see how it can be a struggle. Tanzania is one of the poorest countries in East Africa. 79% Muslim. The coastal region where we live is 90% Muslim. And I put this up there because I believe this to be true. 100% animistic. What does that mean? Tribalism. People still go to the witch doctors. This, this isn't fables. This isn't stories. This really happens all the time. And what we see happening, it happens to those who are in the Islamic religion. It happens also to those who are Christians. So this is something we pray against, we educate, we disciple about, and say we don't have to go to the witch doctor. We have Jesus. <laughs> Amen? Uh, there's 126 different languages in Tanzania. Let your mind, let's sink into your mind for just a moment. 100 ethnic people groups. 45 of those are unreached. Unreached means they have not heard the gospel yet. And then the last number there is 20 of those are unengaged. No one has even engaged these groups in any connection to Christianity, the gospel. So this is where we are in Tanzania. We live, uh, of course, not all over the country, um, but we live in Dar es Salaam, the largest city right now in Tanzania, but we live in an area called Sala Sala. Sala Sala in Swahili means prayer. <laughs> So I tell people we live in prayer. <laughs> and there, what we primarily do, one of the main things we do and why we came there, but before that, I want to share this passage with you. I'm sure if you've been in church ever, you've read or seen this. But let's look at this as we talk about the things God is doing in Tanzania and then about what he's wanting to do with you here. Let's read it together. Um, it's the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Let's read it out loud together, starting verse 18. Ready? One, two, three. Jesus came and told his disciples... I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Powerful, right? What an invitation. What a challenge. No, notice, just a couple quick things. Notice... He's saying, go and make disciples, not just of Grants Pass, although we need that in Grants Pass, not just of Portland. We know Portland needs that. <laughs> Can I hear an amen, somebody? <laughs> but all over the world. And we feel like God's called us, and that place is Tanzania. So I want to just give you some stories of discipleship, stories of what God is doing in Tanzania today. Um, 
So this is our mission statement of our vineyard church there in Dar es Salaam. And I, I just like to share this so you can get a sense of what God has called us to there. This is our mission, to be followers of Jesus, filled with his word and his presence, fulfilling his commission by making disciples of all nations. Amen? So this is a picture of our church. And again, a picture can only tell so much. At our church, we have about 125 people, all right? Um, we have at least 12 to 15 nations represented every time we gather. Uh, we do the service in English and Swahili because we have people who speak English and people who speak Swahili. But we have German people who come. We have people from the UK. We have people from the Netherlands. We have people from Brazil. We, who here loves Brazil? I know this church has a connection to Brazil. Yes, we have people from all different nations and all different tribes. And it's a beautiful picture to me of the kingdom of God. So that's just a quick picture there of what it looks like. And, and these are some of the things we do as a church. We're really into discipleship and seeing the gospel change lives. Because what we've seen is, especially from someone who's coming from a Muslim culture, culture, this takes time. All right? It takes time to, to, for them to make a decision to say, I want to follow Jesus. I want to forsake my family, forsake my culture, and walk towards and with Jesus. But we're seeing God do amazing things. So just these are some pictures of our church life. I'll start over here on this side, my left, your right. Um, this is a, a typical children's uh, Sunday, Sunday school. Um, we are very creative in Tanzania. The things and resources we have are very limited. We don't have Hobby Lobby in Tanzania. I know, I'm sorry. That stopped many of you we're going to visit right there. <laughs> no Hobby Lobby, no Target, no Walmart, nothing like that. So when it comes to kids' ministry, we utilize what we have. Here they're talking about faith. So we had kids gently walk off a table blindfolded, and we talked about having faith in Jesus. Um, and uh, so here in the center, uh, one Sunday a month, we break into discipleship groups, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this. But one thing we found is really important in Tanzania, in African culture, you don't really share intimately any details about your life. You're very closed because it's a power and shame culture. So if you share something that might bring shame upon you and your family, you don't want to do that. It makes you vulnerable. We felt like the Lord speak to us when we got there that says, we need to press against that. We need to tell people that Jesus wants to hear their deepest, darkest things. And there's other people in a safe place called church that want to hear that. So one Sunday a month, we break into small groups and we do discipleship. And then uh, we always do baptism because baptism is a really important marker, especially as a Muslim, to show that they've made a decision to follow Jesus. So this young man here is Alpha. This is about a month and a half ago. We did a baptism with about 10 uh, people who had come to Christ. And Alpha is a young man. He's 19 years old. No one in his family has ever come to church with him. His family is completely Muslim, but he has made a decision to follow Jesus. Amen. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Amen. Alpha did this because he started coming to our football outreach, which I'll talk about in a few moments. He came to our football outreach. Football, let me just preface, is not American football. There's no Super Bowl in Tanzania. It's soccer, Okay. <laughs> huge because it might be a way out. If someone can get good enough, they're thinking they might be able to be on a team. So Alpha started coming to our football outreach. And at our football outreach, we do a very small Bible study devotion. He began, he began interested in knowing more about Jesus. So then he came to one of our Discovery Bible studies, which I'm going to explain in a few moments. Started going to one of our Discovery Bible studies, reading the Word of God, and guess what? Jesus started speaking to him through his Word. And it began a desire in his heart to follow Jesus. He started coming to church. He started getting involved. He actually started helping with the sound setup, <laughs> coming two to three hours before church. Yes, a non-Christian was doing that. It's okay. <laughs> and he started setting up the sound. He started getting loved on by these Christians who say they follow Jesus. And then one Sunday he said, I want to follow Jesus now. It took about a year. 
And then just a month and a half ago, he got baptized with about 10 other 18 and 19 year olds. Pretty powerful, pretty powerful. We have a really amazing thing God is doing with young men. We're, we're seeing young men, 18, 19 year olds, coming to the church, going to our Bible studies, and coming to Christ. Uh, it's pretty amazing. And guess what? They're all feeling called to ministry. <laughs> so it's a good problem to have. Yeah. Um, so this is, I, I talk uh, about Discovery Bible Study, maybe you've heard of it before, maybe not. It is something we're seeing great fruit on in Tanzania and in many parts of Africa and other parts of the world. But Discovery Bible Study is really a way for a non-believer to learn to study the Bible and come to Christ. So this is actually the first day we started Discovery Bible Study in this little village area in our, in our region of Sala Sala. All right, so uh, you can see maybe the young man, it might be hard, but there's a young man in a pink and blue striped shirt. Um, his name is David. This is his house. His father is with the red in the back, smiling. This is his house. This is where he lives. And he said, Pastor, he'd been coming to church for a while. He said, Pastor, I really want to disciple people in my village, my area. I really want to see other young men come to Christ. Can we do a... He's, he was, when we started this, he was 17. He said, I have a heart for, my, for, the, for, the, for the young men in my area. What can we do? I said, well, let's start a Bible study. What do you think? He's like, I don't know. I don't know if my dad will let me do that. So let's go ask him. We asked his dad who's smiling in the back. We said, he said, dad, can I do a Bible study? He said, yes, let's do a Bible study. So he said, where are we going to meet? I said, well, do you have a tree? He said, yes, I have a tree. He said, well, let's give you a mat and we'll meet under the tree. He said, okay, that's perfect. So we brought this mat and we just showed up on Wednesday at noon. It's about a year ago. Wednesday at noon, because he said that's when he wanted to do it. I said, okay. I said, I showed up. I said, well, where's all the people? He said, well, I haven't invited them yet. Let's go invite them. I said, okay. <laughs> so we walked around for about 15 minutes, just around his village area, and said, hey, do you want to come study Bible Day? Again, 90% Muslim. All those young men came. And most of them continue to come. Most of them now have been converted to Christ as Christians and come to the church and are part of a church. And some of them even started their own Bible studies. Really, really powerful stuff God is doing. And you say, oh, don't you need lots of money? No, look, all you need is a mat and a Bible and a tree, and you can do discipleship. I'm going to let that challenge just sit with you for a moment. These are just a couple other pictures of some of our other Discovery Bible Study groups. We now have 13 of those groups going on around the city, and they continue to grow. Um, we also have really a strong uh, calling, desire to reach children and start even at a younger age. Uh, as you'll see me talk about our community center, uh, one of our big callings is reaching kids. As you can see from the stat I gave you, 63% uh, of the country is under age 24. So many children everywhere. And guess what? Jesus loves children. Can I hear an amen, somebody? He loves preschoolers. Amen? Amen? He loves elementary kids. He loves middle schoolers. Yes, he does love middle schoolers. Yeah. <laughs> and he loves high schoolers. Uh, but we thought, well, you know, these Bible studies are going really well with young men and adults. How about with kids? Is anybody doing Bible studies with kids? And after some research, we realized, not really in this way. So we said, well, we're going to try it. We'll just try it. So at our community center, um, we have something called Kids Club, which I'll share with you in just a moment, but we decided we're going to do, at our Kids Club, we're going to try just small group Bible studies and see what God would do with that. And so all we had, I had brought back some pieces of fabric from the International Bible Society, and you'll see it out on our table, and it's just about 30-something pictures of different gospel stories. So we decided we're going to put that just on the ground, we're going to invite kids um, separated based on age and gender to sit around, and we're going to open up the Bible based on these stories and see what God's going to do. Well, guess what? They love it. 
We've now got, uh, every Tuesday, we have six to eight groups of children for 30 to 45 minutes sitting around a circle talking about God's word. Again, coming from Muslim homes, and all they have is a piece of fabric, and they love it. They can't wait. Amen, somebody? Amen. So, um, I like to uh, give you a little experience of what Discovery Bible Study is. I'm not going to go through a whole training today. That might be another time, and if someday God would call me here to teach you how to do that. But I want to give you just a little experience of what we do. We do this again in groups throughout our city, and one Sunday a month we do this. So we do this with non-believers, unbelievers, and with Christians. So what you're going to do is you're just going to turn in just a moment to three or four people around you, and you're just going to share what you're thankful for, all right? We're not going to do the rest of it today. We don't have time. That would be in a whole other hour. But I just want you to turn to the people around you and just share with them something you're thankful for, all right? Just whatever God puts on your heart to share with them, and then we'll continue. Go ahead. Do that. Turn to three or four people around you. Take your time. You'll have a few minutes. Give you another moment or so. So I'll continue. I know people are still sharing. Please continue sharing. But we find that when we start with this question with a non-believer, it's amazing how someone can share that, even if they don't believe in Christ. They can share something they're thankful for and see what, what are we doing when we're saying we're thankful? Who, who really gets the credit for that? It's an act of worship, right? So we start building in this idea of worshiping God. Yes, we don't have instruments. We'll get this idea of worshiping God and finding out what you're thankful for. So we go from that and then we listen or read the Bible. Now, something you need about Tanzania is most people are illiterate. Many are. Uh, with 126 different languages, many of those still haven't even been written down. We still, we still have, we work with missionaries who are still translating the Bible in native languages in Tanzania. All right? So uh, we, if, we, if they can't read the word, We'll have someone read it in Swahili or whatever language we're working with, or we do something called audio Bibles. I want to tell you a story. So um, we started working with the Maasai in our area, and by the way, I should have said this, this is a Maasai cross. Um, we just had a Maasai family that was coming to our church. They actually went back to part of their homeland in northern Tanzania, and as customary with them, before they left, they want to give gifts to really the main people who had influenced them in their spiritual journey. And I might tear up on this, but... Our Maasai brothers and sisters really are like our family. And so uh, this Maasai woman who we've cared for her children and her husband, she said, Pastor, I want to give this to you. And she made it by hand. And it's, it's their version of a cross. It's very in interesting. It's very close to like an Ethiopian or Coptic Orthodox cross. But that's why I wear it today. 
and honor of them and, and blessing of them. So this same woman who gave me this cross when we started our Bible study with the Messiah about a year and a half ago, we knew that most of them didn't read. We also knew that many of them had not heard the Bible in their own language. Few of them had heard some scriptures from the New Testament because the New Testament had been translated in Messiah about three years ago. But we had the whole Bible on audio, just a little micro SD card, and we wanted to start in Genesis because we believe that we go from creation to Christ so they can understand the whole gospel story. So we brought this old Bluetooth speaker that I had. We put it on a mat in the area where we're going to start the study at. Had about 20 Messiah all sitting around, gathered around, and we pressed play on Genesis 1. We just listened to it once. And it was so quiet like it is now, dead quiet. No reactions, all them aside, they're very actually stoic. And so they listened, and we let, we, we let the, we listened to Genesis 1. We all, we just kind of listened, and then it was quiet. We stopped. We're kind of wondering, oh gosh, did they hate this? What, what happened? And then this woman stands up and she says, can I hear that again? In Messiah. I said, sure. So I played it again. And they listened to it again. Again, first time hearing Genesis 1 in their own language. Played it a second time. After we played it, dead silence. Then she said again, can I hear that one more time? I said, sure. So we played it again. And then, after the third time, she's tearing up. And, and we said, are you okay? She said, I did not know until now that God created the world. These are the things we get to be a part of in Tanzania. These are the things God is doing through these Discovery Bible studies. So we listen. We listen to the word in their own language. And then we ask these questions, the same questions every time. And everybody participates. Again, a Muslim person, a non-believer, we participate. What stood out to you in those passages? What do they tell you about God? What do they tell you about us as humans? And then this is the, the key question that we're seeing God really move upon. And we see this, this word also in Matthew that we just read. You might not like this word. I told you I'm going to kick your chair a little bit a bit. How will you obey God? through this passage today. That word obey. It's a strong word, isn't it? <laughs> it's a word that maybe some of us don't like. We might like it for our kids, but when it comes to adults, I don't know. But this is a word we're seeing that God is using to change lives. Because when you think about obeying God's word, and when you think about doing what God is saying, it creates action, hopefully. And so that's perpetuating change. So it's that question, how will you obey God through these passages? And you verbally say it. Well, I read today that we need to go make disciples. So I'm going to go make disciples. I'm gonna, and and it said, in that verse, it said obey. I'm going to go obey Jesus. I'm going to go make disciples. I'm going to share God's word. Well, how are you going to do that? It's that second to last question. Sorry, third to last question. Who can you share this message with? I mean, I need to say it right now. Yeah, well, I'm going to share this with Habib, the guy who runs the Duca, the store, in my village. I'm going to share it with Habib. You are this week? Yes. I'm going to share with him this week that I learned that I need to make disciples. I'm going to see if he wants to be a disciple. And they do it. They do it. And then you share a challenge you're going through and you receive prayer. And we're seeing this just massively change our region of Salah Salah Dar Salaam, Tanzania. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Amen. I want to talk a little bit about another thing we do. So we, we lead this church but we also lead a community center. Uh, this community center has quite an amazing story. I don't have, again, a whole lot of time to share every detail about Tanzanians today. But this piece of land, it might not look much to you, but it's a lot to us. This piece of land was given 
to the church, the vineyard there, right before we moved to Tanzania four years ago. But it was empty. There's nothing there except you can see this little building on your right. And that building was derelict. Had bats living in it, lids are living in it, birds living in it, no ceiling, <laughs> no wiring, no plumbing. But they said, Adam, you know, you're coming here with your family, and God has just given us this land, and you need to pray and see what you're supposed to do with it. Okay. <laughs> but we have no money and we have no resources. But we feel like God is wanting to do something with it. Well, I felt like the Lord said, make a community center. And this, this idea of a community center is, is a, a new idea, at least in Tanzania. It's not something that you normally have because the government doesn't have resources for that. There's, there's just not availability to, to care for each other like that. But we, thought, we said, well, Lord, that's what you would have, a place where people can come that everything is offered for free and where they can know about Jesus. So God gave us this land, and we just began praying, like, well, Lord, what do you want to do? Well, soon after we received the land, a Spanish ministry we work with called Changamoto, which means challenge in Swahili, they said, well, we'd like to open up a preschool on the land. Can we do that? I said, yes. So this big building behind those trees there, you can barely see it, but that was a shipping container that was shipped over, taken apart, and put into a building, all right? So in that, in that what you might look at as like a horrible, ugly warehouse is our preschool. We have a free preschool. That means Monday through Thursday, we have 40 preschoolers that come, usually some of them walking one to two miles, barefoot, to this preschool, and they're hearing about Jesus. <laughs> and it's incredible. I know you have a preschool here, not to compete, but I think ours is better. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm really joking. But it's incredible. It's incredible. So God is moving. So we started a preschool, and we said, well, we need a playground. God sent a team from Ohio to, to build this playground for us. How incredible is that? We said, Lord, we really need a, a place to play football. This local school donated all these tires. That's our football pitch. Um, then we said, we said one, one morning I was walking around the land, and there was no trees. I can't make this up. There's no trees, no shade, and it's so hot in Tanzania. Just so you know, it's like 100% of humidity 100% of the time. Like it was yesterday here in Grants Pass, but think about 100% humidity. Think about sweating all the time, nonstop. You're very detoxed. We'll say that. So anyway, I was walking around the land one morning and thinking, Lord, it's so hot. We don't even have shade for these kids. Could you just provide some shade, some trees? I just said that. You know, those kind of flippant things you maybe say to God, thinking, well, I don't know. I'm just saying this. Well, about 30 minutes later, I get a call from a lady in our church. She's British. She said, Pastor, I don't know why, but I, I feel like I need to call you because I just had a cement company call me and say they want to donate some trees, and I thought maybe you might want some trees. <laughs> I said, well, that, I guess God was listening. So next day, they brought about 40 seedlings of different trees. Those of you who know wood might know about teak. A few of those seedlings are teak some of the most expensive wood in the world. We now have teak trees growing on our property. We have fruit trees. We have avocados and mangoes. We have all these things now happening on this property just because God is so good. Amen? Amen. So, yes. So God continues to use the community center. It's now open, fully open. We have things going every day of the week, and they're all for free. Um, we have uh, something called Kids Club. In Swahili, it's Klabu Yawa Toto Sala Sala. Kids Club is every Tuesday, and we open up a community center, and kids from the village come. We have anywhere from 60 at Christmas. We have 400 children come, uh, and we tell them about Jesus. What we do, though, is we invite them in. We play. Guess what? Kids love to play, and it's really good to play with kids. Now, let me tell you something also about Tanzanian culture. Tanzanian culture, as a, as a parent, you don't really play with your children. You just feel like, as a parent, what your main role 
provide a mat, hopefully a place for them to sleep in, hopefully maybe one meal a day, if you can, three, and that's it. No real play, all right? So we felt like this is real important that kids would have a place to play. And, and also, the, the public schools, there's no playgrounds. And, and this is going to probably overwhelm your mind, but sometimes in classrooms, because we have teachers that go to our church, in a Tanzanian school, there'll be up to two to 300 students per teacher. Let's just say a, a whole lot of learning doesn't happen. Definitely no, not a, a whole lot of play. So we felt like it was really important that we, we teach play with these kids. So... We play with them for about 45 minutes. We have a playground now. We play games. We play mu- They love musical chairs. Love it. Like, they are addicted to it. <laughs> um, during Easter time, we threw water balloons. We got some water balloons brought from the States. They had never done that before. They, that girl, that's why they're, I love her expression. She's like, what is this? Get to throw a water balloon. <laughs> um, so we play with them, and then we break them into their groups for Bible study, like I was explaining, about 30, 45 minutes, and then we finish with giving them some food. And it's super powerful. And that's every Tuesday. These are some pictures from Christmas time when we had the 400 kids. Um, uh, that's my daughter and Leslie there and a couple of other volunteers from the church. But let's just say uh, we're definitely, uh, you know, uh, not up to fire code when we get 400 kids in that little space. Um, but it's amazing to see what God does, and we're just seeing great fruit from this ministry. Another thing I already talked about a bit was the, the um, preschool. We call it container school because it's built in a shipping container. <laughs> <laughs> so it's called Container School. Now, I did say that it was free, but I will tell you this. We actually invite the parents to pay per child if they're going to bring a preschooler. Um, we actually ask them if they can, can they pay 5,000 shillings for the whole year? 5,000 shillings is just to pay for their shirt. These little blue, sh- I don't, yeah, little blue shirts. Most parents can't pay. 5,000 shillings is two U.S. dollars. Most parents cannot afford two U.S. dollars for the whole year for the preschooler. So, of course, just to give context, of course, we say, well, come, free, it's free. We have a waiting list for kids coming to the preschool. Again, these are Muslim families. Their kids are on a waiting list because they want to get them into our preschool. And guess what? We, 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 we tell them about Jesus. We don't hide that at all. They know about Jesus. So um, we also do after-school programs. I teach karate. Um, we uh, teach dance. And everything we do, we integrate the scripture with it. So even learning a karate belt, they have to memorize a scripture to get their belt. <laughs> everything. So it's intrinsic to all that we do because we want the Word of God to go in, dig deep, and not return void. Amen? Amen. So we also do this football outreach. I talked to you a little bit about that, about Alpha. Um, We, when we started the football outreach, we had about 20 boys. Now we have over 100 boys every Saturday afternoon. Um, And we we were initially having this outreach at our community center, but they outgrew the football, the soccer pitch. So now they go to a local school, which has kind enough to let us use it. And we have 100 boys that are every Saturday playing football and hearing about Jesus. And this is cool. This happened just before I came. Am I okay on time, Doug? Am I okay on time? Okay. Um, I just have lots of stories, so I want to filter. But but we we so we have a young men that have now grown in the four years that were playing, just coming to play soccer. They're now grown and they're leading the ministry, all right? Young men and their 19, again, 18, 19-year-old boys that are leading this group of 100 boys doing football and discipleship, all right? And really cool thing happened just a couple months ago. Um, we had another missionary approach us. He has uh, actually ministry in villages. Complete, some of those unreached people have never got, heard the gospel. That's who he works with, about four hours south of our city. He said, I, I've, I've been watching your young men and the way they disciple and the way they lead this ministry, he said, would it be okay? I would like to invite them to come on a mission trip and go show us how to do this in these villages of unreached people. Wow. How cool is that? Yeah. 
All right? How cool is that, you guys? And these guys, it's for them, it's so encouraging to say, hey, God is using me. Like, I thought I was just playing football and leading a Bible study, which is really important. But they said, now, 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 you want me to come and show other people how to do this? So be praying for that. In September, they're going to do that, okay? All right? Pretty awesome. Let's give God a hand for that. It's super good. Super good. Another interesting thing, just so you know, is most of the times they play without shoes because they don't have any. Uh, they don't maybe have one pair of shoes if they have shoes or if they don't have shoes at all. Um, so uh, if you ever think about sending things to Tanzania, send us football cleats, footballs, and football uniforms. They love that stuff. All right. Um, we also have something called Young Life. We partner with Young Life. Uh, I don't know if any of you know about Young Life, something that still happens in the States, but in Africa, Young Life is huge. It's, it's expanding. Um, and so we're seeing God do really cool things with Young Life. Um, here they are, again, some young men. They're making their own beans and rice, cooking it there over an open flame to serve at Young Life Club. <laughs> uh, that's how they do it there. And it's just a great thing. Um, in fact, me and another missionary, we just went to Kenya a few weeks ago before we came here. And there's Young Life in Kenya. And they wanted us to train them, like I did a little training today, about how to use the audio Bible to, to do discipleship. So we did a training, and they told us that 50,000 teenagers would be touched through this training. And then learn how to disciple others. Come on, isn't that awesome? So good, so good, so good. So also what we do is we really try to give people a hand up, not a handout. There are needs everywhere. We know that. There's needs in Grants Pass, and there's, of course, massive needs in Tanzania, especially where, you know, if you do have a job, you're maybe getting one meal. If you don't have a job, you might, might be eating every three days, honestly. It's just the truth. So we want to think strategically, how can we really help these people long term? Yes, we'd love to provide food, but, but long term, so a couple things we've noticed and identified that can really help people long-term is one, English class. We offer free English classes. Because guess what? If you learn English, it might give you an opportunity for a better job. Maybe you could work in a bank or a restaurant. So we give free English classes. And then something we just started a few weeks ago before we came uh, to the States is we started a business training class. So we have 10 students they had to apply. We had about 20 apply, 10 were accepted. And they are doing business entrepreneurship. They're going to start their own business there in Tanzania is fantastic, all with but, we, we teach it through kingdom principles and values. So they know this is all for God's glory. And they're going to use it, business as mission, we say, for discipleship. One of the things they're going to do is they're going to learn how to turn water, not into wine, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> but they're going to turn water into bleach. Um, and they're going to they're start selling that, all right? That's something we've already started. Um, so just be praying for things like this. Be praying for these business entrepreneurs. Uh, we require them, in order to even join the class, they're required to bring 20,000 shillings as their kind of micro loan to start their enterprise. 20,000 shillings is 16 US dollars. This is a struggle, honestly. Many of them said, I don't even know if I can go to the class because how am I going to get that money? God will show you, God will provide, and He has. But this is just the, uh, the difficulty that people are struggling with around the world. For us, $16, right? We can, that's a burger, right? Right? But th for these people, this is the loan or the, the funds that are going to start their business that will change their life and hopefully change the community. Another thing we do there is we roast coffee. Now, I know I heard there's a little coffee, co coffee company here. German sisters? <laughs> What's it called? 
I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I couldn't help it. <laughs> but, but I don't know if you know this, but coffee is grown in Tanzania. I, I'm partial to it. I think it's the best coffee in the world. Uh, but one thing we do there is we also have a small coffee roasting enterprise. So we get coffee beans from the farm in a big bag, uh, green beans, and then we roast it, and then we sell it locally in the community. Um, right now we have about uh, three to four employees, and we hand roast it there. Um, so we, we've created a way for them to learn how to hand roast it, and uh, we really try to employ, these are disabled women that actually do it, because for them to actually, you know, unemployment is so huge, but especially if you're disabled or you're a woman, unemployment is even more of a challenge. Um, so that's another thing, cool thing God is doing. Um, all right, and then I want to talk to you about kind of uh, the, our dream for this year. Every time we go to churches, we try to share our dreams. Um, and this is the major dream we have this, this year in the development of a community center. Um, God continues to provide, and we know he will. But one dream we have is to open up a small cafe to provide for more jobs. So uh, this year, we built this structure. It's called a banda. It's just an open structure. Um, and what we'd like to do is build an outdoor kitchen where we can have a little coffee bar and provide some rice and beans, things like that, for the community, and also provide jobs. A couple of the young men that are uh, wanting to fill in a call into ministry, they just got trained to be baristas. We just paid for them to do that. So they're hungry and ready to start doing this, but we just need some funds uh, to build this kitchen. So maybe God would lay that on your heart today. We'd love to receive that uh, for them and for this next project at the community center. Last thing I want to share with you, um, as far as outreach or what we call access ministry, is our first responder program. Um, anybody heard of something called COVID? Yes. Happened a few years ago. And uh, it also happened in Tanzania, and it was definitely a different take on it there. Um, the president there basically denied the existence of it. So created, especially think about, yeah, and I know there's probably different opinions here about that. I just want to share with Tanzanians. So think about that. You're illiterate. Did I go off? Okay, okay. All right. Sorry. But you hear about, you're hearing about something, maybe through friends, maybe through a newspaper that someone's telling you they've read, maybe through a video about this horrible disease going around the world, and you're scared. And you don't know what to believe or not believe. I mean, even us in the West, we struggle right with this. Think about that. So we said, well, Lord, what do you want us to do with this? He said, I want you to serve the people. And we said, how? <laughs> we don't know. Go out in the community. So during this time, we also got contacted by a ministry uh, called uh, the Strait Foundation, and they actually help train locals how to be first responders. And also, let me give you context here. If, God forbid, you're on the street in Tanzania and you get in an accident, a motorcycle hits you, there's no ambulance to call, there's no 911, there's no EMTs, if you have the money to pay for the motorcycle that might have hit you or someone else, you pay them to take you to the hospital. And if you're at the hospital then and you don't have money to pay for the treatment, they will not treat you. Just let that set for a moment. Everything medically costs. So we thought, well, what a better way about our opportunity that God wants to use right now in this, this specific time to minister to our community and show the love of Jesus. So this foundation basically said, well, we want to train your people to be first responders and start training us during this time of COVID. And we got trained on simple, th simple things like wound care, how to, how to put a Band-Aid on properly. I mean, these are things that are not taught or known intrinsically. How to properly clean your hands, how to properly just take care of simple hygiene. So we began going out in the community, 
door to door. We began explaining, giving a little information about, you know, maybe what they're scared about, about COVID. We talked about just simple sanitary things they can do. We started doing blood pressure checks. In Tanzania, it costs five to 10,000 shillings to get your blood pressure checked. Again, think about that. That's two US dollars. But if you're only making $4 a day if you have a job, why would you spend half your day's wage getting your blood pressure checked? You wouldn't do it. Many people are actually afraid to get their blood pressure checked. So we do blood pressure checks. And that grew into time of COVID of actually then we, we got taught by another doctor in uh, America, ta taught how to do opti optical exams <laughs> where we can actually check if people need glasses or not. And we started clinics where we give out glasses. The first time we did this last year, uh, and of our team of, we have, sorry, we have about 20 first responders now on our team that are trained and they continue to get training. Every month they get trained in a new tactic, a new skill, and then about every six weeks we go out in the community still, door to door. Oh, and during COVID, we, we had to log this because the organization asked, we, we reached out to 5,000 people during COVID and prayed for 5,000 people. Many reports of healings, we had salvations, really cool things happen. So, um, I want to get back to the optical. So we felt like Lord really wanted us to, to move in this way of offering these eye exams and offering out glasses. So um, this doctor did a simple training and we brought about 100 pairs of glasses uh, to Tanzania last year and we decided we're going to try it. So we opened up our community center one morning uh, and we just briefly shared, you know, we briefly we small, did a small invitation to the community. Um, we were supposed to open the doors at 9, but about 7 a.m. we had about 100 people in line. <laughs> And I said, Lord, you're going to have to do like the loaves and fishes. We only have 100 pairs of glasses. So we saw each person. We thought it was only take a few hours. It took about nine hours. Because what I love about our team is they spend time with people. And what they do is they share the gospel. <laughs> so we did give about 60 pairs of glasses out. But the coolest thing is that day we saw two salvations happen right there. Because what, what they, they had thought about is we're going to give people glasses and then we're going to have them sit in this chair and we're going to explain how Jesus wants us all to see with spiritual eyes, him. And we had women screaming and yelling this, la, 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 because they'd just seen for the first time. And then we tell them about Jesus. And these are things God continues to do with this ministry. And speaking of, I want to show you just, a, it's about a minute and a half, two minute video that gives you a sense of a simple day in the life of one of our outreaches, all right? And I think my friend Tony might have to start this it's on the next screen, but I think Tony might have to start it, if you don't mind, Tony. And there's a little audio. Here we go.
that's our little piece of heaven there. That's actually where we live and work, right in that area. A couple things I want to draw your attention to. There's bags of white stuff. That's not cocaine. That is laundry soap. Um, that's one thing that we actually give out because laundry soap is really expensive. And uh, it's really important to wash your clothes in Tanzania, as it is everywhere. But wash your clothes because bugs actually embed themselves in the clothes. Um, and they will then dig. I'm not joking. I'm not trying to be gross, but flies will lay eggs in your skin. Uh, we also give out deworming medication because worms enter through the feet and through, of course, food and unsanitary water. So we give things like that out uh, when we go minister, of course, to free, for free. And then we give out this. You'll see some at our table. Um, this is the Gospel of John. And people are hungry for the Word of God. We, we can't keep enough of these. People actually ask for full Bibles all the time. And, and we give these out because it's cheaper, to be quite honest with you. But people are hungry for the Word of God. So I, I've shared with you stories about Tanzania and us and what we do there. But again, I want to I bring this home um, because I realized uh, that, uh, sorry, uh, we'll go to the next slide in a minute. I realized that, you know, many of you might not be called to Tanzania. That's okay. You're welcome. You're welcome to come visit. Welcome to bring a team. But again, I said I was going to kick your chair a little bit, and this is the chair kicking time. Where are you called to? Who are you called to? Because if you are living and breathing, you're still called to make disciples. I don't see where Jesus' invitation says, oh, there's exceptions here. It's when, you know, when you're retired, that's when you don't make disciples anymore. When you don't feel like it, you can stop. There doesn't seem to be exclusions. And so you might say, well, you know, he's talking to the disciples like he's talking to these amazing men of faith. Men of faith who are also humans, who had physical issues, who were persecuted, who had to forsake their, forsook their families to make disciples. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry because we don't have an excuse. <laughs> you know, the last thing I want is you to walk away today saying, well, I'm not going to be a missionary. Yeah, you are and you can be if you choose to be with the circle of people that God has placed around you. God did not call us to Grant's Pass. He called us to Tanzania. Salah, Salah, Dar Salaam. But where did God call you to? Again, it's not a judgment statement. It's not a hurtful statement. It's just a challenge. I want to read this passage to you. Revelations chapter 7. One of the end statements of the Bible I wonder if there's anything about discipleship in it. <laughs> After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands, and they were shouting with a great war. Salvation comes from our God, who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. This is the kingdom, amen? This is what we want to see. This is what we're seeing, but we want to continue to see it until it comes to finality, until it comes to fruition. You can be a part of this. You can be. If you can sit and write a card of encouragement to somebody, you can disciple. You can up, up, open up the Word of God, and you can open it up and say, would you want to discover God with me? You can disciple. If 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old, 16-year-old kids in Tanzania can do this, you can do this. Amen. I lovingly say there's no excuse.
Last thing I want to share is this. <laughs> We're missionaries, and guess what? Missionaries need you. We do. It can be, and this is, the, I'm going to be really honest, it can be very lonely at times. It can be very lonely. There, there are dark days when after maybe a week of no water, maybe no power, <laughs> uh, spiritual attacks that happen, the constant knowing that people are, are watching you all the time, always being different, it can wear on you. So I would say, if you think about missionaries, of course, I'm here today, so if you think about us, pray for us. That's number one. We need it. it it's, it's priceless. And maybe take the next, the next step and say, hey, I, I know you have, a, I'm going to give our email out. If you pray for us, send me an email saying, just saying, hey, we prayed for you today. You don't understand how that changed the atmosphere. Literally, for us. Saying someone on the other side of the world thought about us today, prayed for us. Wow. Thank you, Lord. So that's number one. And number two is provision. We are missionaries living on God's provision from people all over the world. And we're in need to, do, to be able to do that. That's how we're able to do what we're able to do. That's how, how it happens. And if God speaks to you today and does that, wants us to give, you can do that. There's several ways you can give. You can give online. We have a website um, called bondmission.org. There's a tab right there. You just click on it, and you can give. And it all goes through a vineyard church in Dothan, Alabama. That's our sending church um, because that's where the, the head of the mission for vineyard is. You can do that, and that's how you can do that today. Again, that's up to you and the Lord and what he has for you. Uh, we are, he is so faithful, and he continues to provide for us. But we're at the four-year mark, and I'll be honest with you, we need some funds to continue doing what God called us to do. We believe God has called us for at least two more years in Tanzania, so we know that he's going to provide for that. Amen? All right. And uh, I'm going to close in just a moment. We're going to do some ministry time. But last thing is, uh, as you leave today, there's a little table we have out here. Um, either way, whether you give or not, whether you pray for us or not, if you want to be updated just once a month, I won't spam you. Once a month, we send out a newsletter with pictures and simple, simple snippets of what God is doing. Uh, you, if you put your email down on our table, you'll get that. All right? But there's no pressure. All right? So I want to close with some ministry time. I invite Pastor Doug up and your ministry team. There are several things I want to pray for today. Um, and these might seem pretty simplistic, but I believe Jesus is pretty simple. <laughs> Number one, maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus. He wants to know you. He does know you already, but he wants to know you more. <laughs> and he invites you to follow him. So when we take some time to pray here in just a moment, and ministry team, you can come up if you want. I don't know how you guys do things here, but um, we're going to kind of do this all at once, okay? So... Number one, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, he loves you, he cares about you, he wants a relationship with you, and he's fighting for you. Number two, maybe you're here today and you know Jesus, but you're feeling, I'm going to say this word, you're feeling convicted because you know you, God is in, inviting you to make disciples, and you want to make disciples, and you want to take that step. Maybe you don't even know what the next step is, but you feel just your heart beating, and you feel like, yes, I want to make disciples, I want to do that. Let's pray for you today. That's powerful. That's important. All right? So those are two things. And then the third thing is, um, even before uh, we came today, actually yesterday afternoon when I first came to Grants Pass, saying, Lord, what do you want to do this morning? And I felt uh, just an impression. Um, I, I've just felt strongly that there was someone here, um, and this is not something I've gotten, I don't know, ever before, but with specific pain in your right jaw area and, and something with saliva. 
Like there's an issue with saliva swallowing or dryness of the mouth. And also, uh, this could be connected or maybe it's separate, but significant sore throats, like reoccurring sore throats that don't stop. So those are also some things I want to pray for this morning. Start with that, and then we'll see what the Lord wants to do. Is that okay? So can we have, I love music, so can we have just some light, maybe guitar, piano, whatever. Um, there's no piano, sorry. <laughs> guitar in the background. And then is it okay to invite people forward, or do you prefer having people pray out there? What do you prefer? We can do whatever you want to do, brother. These people are very generous. So, awesome. Okay. Yeah. So let's just do what I call old school and uh, even more challenging. We're going to have you come forward, okay? Um, so uh, why don't we close our eyes? Let's just have our, you can sit, but let's just have our arms open to Jesus right now. If you, if you feel comfortable doing that. Come, Holy Spirit, we know you're already here. God, we know you're already working. God, you were working way before we even came today. This is a sacred space, sacred place. But God, we know that you have anointed and defined things for a specific time. And there's some things you want to do this morning, God, in our lives. Yeah, let's just wait on the Lord for a moment. You don't have to be a rush or in a hurry. Thank you, God. Some of you, God, might be prompting you to put your hand over your heart. Do that if you feel led. So if you're here this morning and you need prayer for anything that was just spoken, maybe it's coming to Christ. Maybe it's, you know, you're feeling an urgency for discipleship and you want prayer for that. Maybe it's a prayer for healing that something was said or not said. I'm just going to invite you to come forward. When you're ready, just come forward. We're going to start praying. Yeah. And these people can pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. I just, I, I keep just feeling, I'm just going to keep saying, there is, God is a burden to disciple people in this city. And I feel some of you just really are sensing that. Like, you have a burden to disciple people. Yes. Come forward and get prayer this morning. God's going to honor that. Yeah. Can we some people? You start praying, team. Start praying Thank for people. Jesus. Yeah. Why don't we stand? Let's all stand for a moment here and kind of lean into this. Yes. You know, as Adam's talking, you are one step away mm. from that moment that you've been crying out for. Yeah. But I think you have to activate it. You have to step into what God has for you. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. That's it. Step into it. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we have some more people from the prayer team? If there are any more coming?